Welcome to the LAPUX podcast, where we feature practical insights on how to lead with authenticity and courage in a changing world. This podcast is part of a growing collection of conversations with thought leaders in the corporate and nonprofit world who exemplify Christ-centered leadership. These thought leaders influence and contribute to meaningful professional development opportunities that seed our growing list of certificates and digital badges designed by our award-winning team who create world-class learning experiences that put humanity back into learning. Join us today in this journey to innovate and show the world what agile learning can be. Well, hello, listeners, and welcome to this week's podcast in our series, Resilient Leaders in a VUCA World. And uh, specifically today, uh, we want to talk a little bit about organizational dynamics, empathy, emotional intelligence. And I'm real happy to have with me on this conversation, Dr. Mark Stanton, a leader, an academic, a psychologist, and a good friend. Mark, glad to have you here. I'm glad to be with you today, John. Thank you. Well, we're going to get into some uh, thoughts following on some of the other topics we've been talking about, like strategic thinking last week. So let's just get into it. So Mark, as I've been looking at leadership, especially post the pandemic, I've seen that some things change. Obviously, leading people is not quite as predictable as it's been in the past and with disruptive times. I think there's been a sense for us as leaders being intentional and recognizing and acknowledging where the people we lead are versus perhaps being a little bit more distance than we have in the past. Leaders seem to be more reflective before responding rather than perhaps reacting or, and reflecting about how do we intentionally uh, work with those who follow us. And so emotional intelligence, which is, again is an, a concept we've had around for a while, is becoming more and more important. So glad to have you here. And uh, perhaps just to start off with a quick question saying, as a um, leader, an academic clinical psychologist, and I know you've led large teams, uh, what do you see happening with regard to leaders today, especially as it comes to thinking about how do we lead people? Thanks, John. Yeah, I, I think one of the, the big challenges that's happening today is what I would call shattered expectations. That is that people who had previously been used to being able to predict where things were going and to have some sense of predictability in their life and their organization are finding that those expectations are shattered. The current demands, the challenges that we're all experiencing internationally and nationally have resulted in so much change and so much uncertainty. There really is a sense today of uncertainty and that uncertainty is provoking a fair amount of anxiety and that uh, people are experiencing internally this overwhelming sense that they can't control their environment. They can't control their lives. They can't control their organizations. And so it is leading to a greater sense of uncertainty and unpredictability that I think is leaving a number of people quite anxious. I read a report just a couple of days ago, actually, about the skyrocketing level of anxiety and depression in our society. Of course, I tuned right into this because it matches my experience of working with people and what I'm hearing as I interact with leaders, both for themselves and for the people who work with them and for them. They're feeling this sense of tremendous anxiety and an increase in anxiety and depressive symptoms. So the report indicated that in 2020, the number of adults who reported symptoms of either anxiety or depression was 41%. 
So this went up significantly, 11% from the prior year. Wow. So an 11% increase, or we would say approximately a one-third increase yeah. in one year, symptoms of depression and anxiety. And even worse, in the 18 to 24-year-old population, they noted that 56% of those in that 18 to 24 population reported those symptoms. So we're, we're saying over half of the people in our organizations, especially if they're young people. And so for those of us who work with college students, of course, that's a very important statistic because it tells us that that level of anxiety and depression has increased dramatically, but it's true across the board with adults. The other thing that was really important in this report is that they indicated that anxiety, for instance, is presenting in new ways. That is that often in the past, anxiety is something that people hide. They kind of are aware of it. They know they're experiencing it, but they don't like to admit it to other people because it's a little bit uncomfortable to tell other people that you're feeling anxious. And yet today, because of public awareness of what's going on, uh, we're admitting it much more openly. And so it's in the marketplace. It's in the common vernacular and people are talking about it. And so it's not as hidden as it used to be. And so I think that's a good thing, but it's also a challenging thing because it means now it's in our face. It's right there. People aren't trying to cover it up. They aren't trying to hide it. They aren't trying to ignore it. And they're expecting that the organizations that they work for will pay attention to what they're feeling. It's no longer okay to just ask people to kind of, you know, suck it up and, and carry on and to take care of business. It's really important that organizations recognize this. And so some people I think have thought that was, well, that's COVID. And now that COVID is shifting and changing and evolving, maybe those things will recede. But of course we know that isn't the case because COVID's being followed by tremendous economic insecurity. So you just look at the tremendous increase in gas prices and the inflation trends that we're all experiencing and so whatever COVID did kind of laid a foundation for this further insecurity in our society around the economy. And we see these symptoms persisting. So my guess is this is not just a, a quick fix. It's not a temporary thing that's gonna go away now that COVID is starting to shift gears. We actually have to pay attention to this. And we don't know what the long-term sequelae are of this. We don't know what the long-term consequences may be. How is this going to fundamentally change the way organizations function. Yeah, that's one in two, 18 to 24. I mean, 54%, that's, that's just amazing. So what do you think that means for us as leaders of organizations? What do, you, what do you think it means for us in terms of organizational dynamics? So I think there are two things. One that I'd like to speak to is I think it demands that organizations think more systemically or thoroughly. And then secondly, I think it gets to that issue you've already raised of emotional intelligence and emotional responsiveness, that we need a greater demonstration of emotional awareness in our leaders, in our organizations to cope with what people are actually feeling. So let me speak to the first one, and then you probably wanna drill down into the second a little more. The, the first one is an area of importance to me. It's something I've studied long-term. It's something that I, I believe in very thoroughly, but it's this awareness that Organizational leaders in today's world cannot think simplistically. 
they really need to adopt what I would call higher level systemic thinking skills or habits. And so as I've written about in, in a variety of places in my own writing, this idea of systemic thinking needs to become habituated, that people need to understand what it means to see the whole picture, not just little pieces of it, and to see how those pieces interact in a systemic fashion to understand their organizations. And I say that because I think it's part of helping to provide some sense of confidence in the people in our organizations for our leadership so that they have some sense that we are seeing the whole picture and that we're putting the pieces together, that we're not just making simple reductionistic kinds of, of decisions. And that's one of the real challenges. When things are chaotic, the uh, decision-making process is challenged, right? So people have to think about how they think and how they understand even the decision-making processes. So one of the things that uh, Senge says in one of his works on systems theory is he talks about this idea of fixes that fail, you know, in quotation marks, fixes that fail. And the idea of fixes that fail suggests that sometimes leaders try to solve a particular problem in their organization, but because they don't look at it holistically enough, they may solve the immediate problem, but create other problems, especially long-term. So what they find is that this fix doesn't ultimately solve the long-term problem. It maybe solves something for today, but then tomorrow you see it coming back in another way. And in three weeks, it comes back in another way. In two years, it comes back in another way. And so what he and others argue is that we need to avoid simplistic or reductionistic solutions. And that means that we need to think about unintended consequences of what we do. And I think this is especially important when it comes to this sense of emotional intelligence, to be aware as a leader that the decisions we're making impact the people in our organizations in ways that maybe we haven't thought about. So let me give you a quick illustration of this idea of uh, supposed solutions. Again, this is something I've written about and researched a fair amount, and it's kind of an interesting one because most people have experienced it. It has to do with those traffic cameras that they put at intersections in our cities. And a few years ago, uh, cities got this great idea and it was marketed to them by these traffic camera people and their businesses, put in traffic cameras at the intersections saying it'll do two things. One, it'll allow you to issue tickets to people seamlessly. So you'll have a revenue stream for your city. Secondly, of course, the more legitimate rationale is it'll reduce accidents. It'll cut down on the accidents at intersections. What's happened is anything but either of those, right? What we found in all of the studies and research is that this is such a complex issue. Something that you think would so simply work has had unintended consequences all over the place. It's really just created a complex situation so that many cities have either deactivated these cameras or they've taken them out entirely. The first thing was that some cities found that it actually caused more accidents because some people saw the camera and slammed on their brakes, causing the person behind them to run into them. Right? Some people saw the camera and so they sped up to try to get through the intersection and it created more complications that way. The second way was that it didn't generate the income that they thought it was going to generate. And so then what some cities did was they said, well, why don't we shorten the yellow light 
so that we'll get the revenue that we want from this. But by shortening the yellow light, they actually cause more accidents. But I think you get the point. It's actually a lot more complex. So what I believe thoroughly is that leaders need to think with more complexity. They need to embrace the ambiguity of our time because we really are in an era of ambiguity. Nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow. There's a sense of uncertainty all around us and leaders have got to get comfortable. And I use the term embrace it. They've got to get comfortable with ambiguity because it's here. And I don't think it's gonna go away quickly. There's a lot of uncertainty for us and for the people in our organizations. And then secondly, we need to understand complexity and recognize that simple solutions don't usually work. Simple solutions usually fail over time. And so we have to think in more complex kinds of ways. So that's my, my first main point is I really wanna argue for systemic thinking. As you were talking about, I think of the rubber ball, you know, the elastic bands in a rubber ball. Uh, sometimes you pull out one end and you have no idea what's happening in the, in the maze and something else unintended is happening on the other side. And we used to have that a lot in you know, IT systems thinking. We think we're solving one thing with an IT a solution and causing a whole lot of other things. So Mark, we need to bring this all to, to a closure. The question I have is, how would you practically apply that? You, know, you have a young leader comes to you from a, a nonprofit, a new college president or something and says, I really like that idea. Things are much more complex. I have to, I have to live in this um, complexity. We're planning for uncertainty, all right, because we just don't know what's around the corner with that. So do you have like three or four practical coaching tips you might give a, a young leader in terms of how to live in this world, understanding that it's a much more complex uh, arena? Sure. Yeah, I think the, the main point I would want to make is that leaders who have been very focused on task need to now balance their focus between task and the people in their organization. That task alone is no longer sufficient for your leadership attention. And if you focus only on getting the job done and miss the needs and the concerns and the feelings of the people in your organization, you will have essentially failed. You got to pay attention to both of them simultaneously. And it's blending those two together is what really makes a, a powerful impact as an organizational leader. And so I, I think this idea suggests that we need to increase the warmth and attention to people in our organization beyond the level that it's currently existed. People are requiring it, they're expecting it, they need it. And if we don't give it to them, the other great challenge, of course, is the personnel exodus. Yeah. And many of our organizations are experiencing that. If people's needs are not being met today, they have options. And many organizations are struggling with their staffing because they, rec they haven't recognized the importance of meeting the needs of the people who work for them and providing adequate support for them. So I would say, to simplify that, I would say current circumstances require us to rebalance our efforts to focus more on people without losing our focus on the task. The task right. is important, but we can't focus on the task is exclusively and lose our focus on people. People need more focus from us today. 
And so that means we need to be paying attention to the concerns of people and what we're modeling and how we're evidencing that in our organizational culture. I think it's that sense of saying, I can't pull back if I'm a leader from my people today. In fact, today I have to engage with them more than I ever have. Even if this is uncomfortable for me as an individual, I have got to push myself to engage with people more. There was an interesting thing that, that happened just, uh, I think it was this last week with Tesla. And you may have read about it in the yeah. news where Elon Musk put out a mandate saying that his leaders needed to show up in the office, okay? Now, there are a lot of businesses that are doing business virtually today. And if that's the business model, that works perfectly. But when you're making and selling automobiles, a lot of that has to happen in person. So what was happening is all the line people were showing up. All the people in the showrooms were showing up, but the managers, the executives were still operating from a distance. Mm -hmm. and, and Musk said, no. Now, I'm sure this was reported to him. I'm, I'm sure, in other words, he didn't just think of this himself. Some of his people pointed out the discontent from the people who were on the front lines, who were showing up to work when they were the disconnect they felt from their leadership who weren't present. And so he issued a mandate saying, you either need to show up or you need to look for another position, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and some people could take that and say, wow, that's unreasonable because we have so many ways to connect in our society. But what he was saying is no, in our particular line of work, that form of connection is important. And he gave a mandate to yeah. his executive leaders that they needed to show up and they needed to connect with people. Yeah, it seems like it's almost we get into that point where human capital actually means something. <laughs> we can't just look at the, the capital on the balance sheet. I mean, it's actually the human side. and. Yeah, and people are as important as the numbers. And so um, how do we get the job done, but at the same time realize that we have a very anxious um, workforce, a lot of uncertainty, and probably it's not going to change much in the next several years. Yeah, yeah. I think that's accurate. And, and so what we've got to do, I believe, is we've got to step in and we've got to demonstrate empathy for the people who work in our organizations. We've got to, to show that and evidence that Part of that is being physically present, like Musk indicated, or at least being virtually present, connecting with people in some way that you show them that you're concerned about what's going on in their life, and, and then stretching yourself to evidence connection maybe in ways you haven't in your prior leadership roles. Because today's environment requires a new kind of connection. It requires reflective listening. It requires you know, accurate empathy listening to people, understanding what they're going through and letting them know that you understand it. And then I think the final thing I would say is that if you're going to push for further change today, which what leader isn't always focused on what needs to be done and what change is needed, but if you're going to push for more change, you've got to understand that people are overwhelmed today with the amount of change that they're already facing. And so you want to think carefully what changes are in fact important or necessary. And so I would strongly um, recommend doing focus groups in your organization. Get four, five, six, seven, you know, individuals that you trust their judgment 
and talk about what you're wanting to do, the direction you're wanting to go, the initiative maybe you're wanting to implement, see how they react so that you can tailor your message and work out some of the kinks in advance so that you can communicate more effectively the direction you're wanting to go. Well, that's a great lead into our last um, podcast is actually a risk and reward in the topic of the normal strategic risk, financial risk, operational risk, the business risk. I've actually added the thought of exhaustion, uh, exhaustive risk. Um, we have to take, there's a risk that our communities and our followers are so exhausted they just cannot take anymore. And so it becomes actually a risk to the sustainability and viability of the organization or the company. So we'll be. Mark, thanks so much for giving us your time and um, sharing your thinking. I know if people are interested in systematic thinking, you're the person to go to, but I do appreciate it. Listeners, um, our last episode in the series actually will be on the topic of risk and reward. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, John. Thank you for listening to this episode of the LAPUX podcast. We sincerely hope you enjoyed learning something new today and that you have at least one takeaway to use immediately in your professional life. Please take a few seconds to review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. We value your feedback so highly because we're doing this for you. Please also subscribe to this podcast where we will be providing you with leadership training and resources as we hear from more Christian leaders from all over the world. Connect with us on social media so we can journey by learning together. All of our channels are listed in the show description. Before you go, we want to invite you to visit x.lapu.edu to see the courses that we've created for you. Check back often as we are always developing new offerings. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, we're here to help you become a better you. So check out x.lapu.edu.